Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about artist statements. Why do you need them? How do you write them? With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Yes, artist statements, an important topic. Um, And I'm going to call them plural artist statements because it's really not just a single piece of writing that you do and then you're done with it. Um, You're going to, you need actually more than one, especially if your work is out there in various ways or you're using them for different reasons. Um, So it's a bigger topic maybe than just coming up with with just one. (laughs) So um, I guess why do you need them? You know, their purpose is basically, obviously, to explain your work. Um, and for for people that are looking at your work or people that are considering your work, say, for a gallery or a, uh, an exhibition, and you write a, a general one that is going to be somewhere for a long-term location, like, for example, your website. And you also use that general one as your jumping off point for more specific ones that have to do with, um, like I said, an exhibit, a residency, a proposal, and then you can tailor that general statement for each situation. And there's also maybe a shift the tone in different situations too, like it might be a little more um, informal for something like an exhibit and a little more formal for something like a proposal. And so um, it's just not one size fits all, <laughs> unfortunately. So we, we talked last time about kind of different types of writing, and really there are several different types of writing that go into artist statements. Yeah, there are. Um, so the more the more formal sort of uh, essay type, you know, the, the, tr- the three paragraphs where you sort of introduce your idea, develop your idea, and wrap it up. That's probably something more for your website or for something that you're trying to um, impress somebody really with your with the depth of your thinking uh, for a proposal or, or something like that. And then the you can be looser with the ones that you're just uh, you're putting up in a in an exhibit, for example, for the for the general public. Um, right. And for a specific piece as well, um, you know, it's not they don't need to be more than like one paragraph or so. Right. If you're just talking about uh, one painting and typically when you say artist statement, it's it's more about your work in general. And I, I actually think it's so funny that we're talking about this today, because when I wrote the notes for this podcast, you know, I was sitting there and thinking about artist statements and what I could say about them, et cetera. Well, yesterday I had to write one. <laughs> for for an exhibit I'm having in Atlanta and you know it's very challenging it is really hard to come up with something that is uh is honest and sincere on your part you know it's it's kind of easy to get carried away with saying things that sound good but you know but they don't really mean anything <laughs> and they may mean something but they're they're more like theories in your head rather than you know, something somebody's going to actually see in the work. And so I, I was, you know, quite frustrated, actually. And then I finally, I just went and painted for a while. And then um, 
as I was painting, I had more connection with my work than when I was just sitting in a chair, which is, I guess, a suggestion if you're having trouble is to actually go into your studio and paint as you think about what you want to say, because I think you'll find that that more uh, direct connection. <laughs> and so I'm I'm working on it now. I'm, I'm getting someplace with it. Kind of had a little breakthrough, breakthrough about what I wanted to say, but um, they are frustrating. And I think they're they can be frustrating for artists to write them and, and also for the people who read them if they're not particularly straightforward or clear. Um, but Right. Bad art, artist statements are one of my biggest pet peeves, personally. <laughs> I think for a lot of people, they are. And I think it is that thing because you... I think most artists have some pretty big ideas about what they're doing. And, and you kind of want to say that and you want to, you know, it's an urge... And I think it's an okay urge, you know, if you can if you can figure out a way to say what your biggest ideas are in a way that's understandable, you know, that's that's great. But um, if you really... I mean, the challenge with that is that the more broad you get, the more generic it sounds. Right. And the more specific you get, the more universal it becomes. That's... It's this odd thing with with statements like that. And, and actually... You know, that's that's a general principle that applies to your work as well. I mean, I think anytime you're you're being more personal and you're being more specific in your intentions and everything, you you have more to say because it's like when you you know, when you learn creative writing, they say write what you know about and so I know, you know, it, um tips on writing artist statements, at least the type that would go into an exhibit, um Say, you know, use something in the first sentence or two that is personal, is really what, you know, from your heart, why you why you did this stuff. And then then you can broaden it a little bit and explain it a little bit. Um, and and you, but throughout it, you know, you have this kind of challenge of how can you write something concise? How can you write something interesting? And how just how personal do you want to be? Because sometimes you know, you can veer into the overly personal too, I think. And I, you know, when I was thinking about this, I thought it really depends so much on, on the work itself. Like if your work is very autobiographical, if it's very uh, emotional, if it's, if it's something really personal, then being personal in your statement is, is appropriate. I think if it's more formal work, if it's more um, intellectual you know, then it's a different case. But I don't, I, there's a lot of stuff out there online about writing artist statements. And I was looking over some of it, uh, you know, when I was going to write the notes for this podcast. And didn't you show me uh, an artist statement generator at one point? <laughs> there is one out there, at least one. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to link to that in the description <laughs> for the episode. And those, those are kind of making fun of the overblown kind of statements that people sometimes right. do. They're, they're, it's It generates those kind of like, um, b- very broad, generic statements right. that, that you tend to see in in uh, artist statements. Yeah, and, and the art lingo and the uh, the need to sound more profound, perhaps than one actually is, and all that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, they they are kind of easy to make fun of, <laughs> but you know, we have to do them usually. And so, you know, what works for you? What what are you comfortable with? Is um, 
I think kind of gets back to the your intentions for your work. And we always talk about those and, you know, trying to figure out why do you do this stuff and what's it about? That's your, that's your starting point. And so I would say when you, when you do start, if you haven't written one for a long time or if you've never written one, that's a good place to start is thinking about the overall ideas and intentions um, for your work and do some, do some, uh, you know, just brief phrases or words or anything that helps you get going. You don't have to start with your lead sentence and proceed right through the whole thing. Uh, although I kind of write that way. Actually, um, it helps me to to start with. To so like focus the rest of the, the writing on that one idea once you have yeah. that solid. Yeah. But if, if you have trouble figuring out what that idea is, and that can be really challenging. I mean, because you don't want your statement to range all over the place. You kind of want to keep it to a central idea with some side ideas that kind of go with it. So finding that one central idea can really be hard and to make it a unique idea, to make it something that people are interested in. Like you said, if you're overly general um, and it, it, it's not as interesting. And I've seen artist statements that start out like with things and I've written ones like this in the past too. Well, my work is very intuitively developed you know, as a lead sentence, um, may be absolutely true, but that's not necessarily what's going to grab people because it's it's quite a generic statement. There's a lot of people that work that way. So what's more interesting is even if it's intuitive, there's some there's something that you're interested in, you know, <laughs> there's some source of what kind of drives your work and that's what you want to want to lead in with, I think. Um, and I, I think when you're, when you're writing for the general public, as I said, like a, usually in an exhibit, say a one or two person exhibit, you have something posted on the wall that people can look at or, you know, in a catalog or somewhere on a desk or whatever. So they're looking at your work and they're, you know, they're intrigued enough to want to know more and they're looking at your statement. And I think, I think there, it, it's quite hard because you have, a range of people. You have people that maybe don't know very much about art, and and they're not they're not going to know um, art terms, for example, and they're not going to be very sophisticated about it. Although they're curious and they're smart people, and they want to know, and you don't want to talk down to them, and so they want something that is interesting, but maybe not overly technical. And then you also have people that are, you know, other artists there at the at the exhibit or people that, per, you know, purchase and collect art. And so you have to find this kind of tone that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a middle ground, I guess. But I don't think you should be afraid of, of being a little bit deep in these statements. I think people want that. Um, it's just the way that you're deep, you know, like uh, you can be a little poetic. You can be um, kind of plug into people's uh, emotional side or their philosophical side, you know, that's fine. Um, I think, I think often artists can, can be a little flippant if they don't like writing statements and say some version of my work speaks for itself, <laughs> Right, <laughs> which is tempting, you know, I mean, in a way it does. Uh, but I think that's, that's perceived as being a little 
uh, is kind of talking down to people because they're reading your statement because they want to know, right? They want to know something. And so if you're kind of saying, I don't have anything to say about this, it leaves them hanging. It leaves them kind of thinking, well, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm not getting this somehow and maybe I'm not quite smart enough or something. And so um, I think... Well, and I... I I really like in an artist statement, and it can be very, very difficult, but I like when I see a little bit of humor kind of injected into Mm -hmm. uh, an artist statement um, or even just about a a specific piece. Um, You know, I I think that that it eliminates any kind of element of talking down to people. If you can kind of, you know, not not make fun of your work, but, but inject a little bit of humor into what your work is Uh um you know nobody then feels as if they're as if you're making fun of them yeah you know or or talking down to them yeah that's a really if you can really good point just a little bit just have a little bit of of a laugh about it right it kind of a self-deprecating attitude you know a little bit somehow i agree it's like I, right, without putting your work down. No, but it's it's somewhat humble attitude of, and and one of the things I think that also does that is if you try to say something like, um, you know, this is uh, whatever I'm talking about here. This is probably something that other people experience or feel as well. So you're trying to sort of connect to what your viewer knows in their own life, so that they can bring their interpretation to your work instead of all about me, me, me. I think this, I'm doing that, but something that connects with other people and they they kind of get it, go, yeah, yeah, I've been there, I've thought about that too. Uh, again, not not easy at all. And But I think it's good to keep in mind that the statement is for other people, it's not for you. You know, you already have your ideas <laughs> and you could be as profound and whatever as you wish in your, in your intentions and in your mind and your approach to your work. But, you know, you, your statement is for your viewer to connect with your work. And so, like I said, there's no problem with being deep or philosophical or anything, but trying to keep in mind that connection. And like you say, with, with a bit of humor, with a bit of self-deprecation, with a bit of humbleness, um, is, is really to your benefit, I think, and to their benefit. Um, right. And, and I... I also I'm a, I'm one of those people who really likes to see discussion of the technical aspects of the work in an artist statement. Yeah, and that's um, and that's absolutely a, appropriate. Uh, oftentimes people wonder, right. yeah, what's the media? What what's your technique here? So, um and I think that the one on the wall that's more of a broad statement, you can you can have kind of a, you know, a general overview of the techniques that are used and then in specific artworks that really display a technique particularly well, that's a good time to point that out. Right. And you can even even if you don't have labels on individual pieces, let's a lot of shows won't do that, you know, unless there's a catalog or something, you know, you just have the label with the title, etc. But even in your statement, you can say, for example, in the painting, blah, 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 I did this or that. And so if, if it's really important to say that, so people can look at the statement, they can look at that painting and say, oh, I see. Um, and, and like I said, if there's a catalog or something, that's, that's kind of another um, topic, but it, it is a place where you can have a more extended statement and you probably can make comments about individual paintings that are in the catalog. So 
um, and that's also something I've mentioned before that you can produce your own catalog of your work. And even if the gallery or whatever isn't going to do that uh, for you, you can do it yourself with a website like Blurb or there's some other ones. And then that's a great place to talk a little bit about each piece and what was behind it. And and that's really interesting to people, I think, um, especially non-artists are I think I find often intrigued by like where where does this stuff come from? Where do you get your ideas? And and we may think it's sort of obvious and you know self-explanatory, but even that even a very simple explanation is is very interesting. And I you know and I think so when I look at other artists' work, you know, to know what's behind it a little bit. Right. And well, and particularly you know the artist's background, what experiences led to this work exactly. um, and, and what kind of work were you doing before and what are you going to be moving into? Right. You know, that's all part of this process. It is. And especially when you have, you know, a bigger, more, a more extended way of writing it. I mean, I, I have to say a lot of these need to be pretty brief and that's, that's typically um, the type that's on the wall. <laughs> You know, right, right. Uh, if you're, if you're right. Well, and that goes back to the last episode where I was saying how important it is to to fit as much information as possible into a small piece of writing, and that's the that's the skill that that is is going to serve you best when you're developing your writing. Right, the, the concise but thoughtful, but interesting, but you know, it's it can be really challenging, and I I think you shouldn't you know, beat yourself up if it's not a masterpiece of writing either. It's, it would be nice, but a lot of artists, it's not a particular skill that they have and they do the best they can. So, you know, I should, right. I should have... It's difficult and they're spending time on their artwork, not on writing artist statements. Right. And I I guess I should have said that up front. It's not like this is going to make or break your career or anything if, you're, if your statement isn't great. If it's adequate, you know, maybe that's good enough. But if you want to improve it, you know, you there are ways to do that. I, I would say as you approach it, you know, there's certain things that you can think about and, and we've mentioned a few of them, but um, these are things that people may, your viewer may wonder when they look at your work. And again, trying to put yourself in their place, they may wonder, as you said, what were you doing before? How did you arrive at this work? What are the experiences that made you do this? What, what are you excited about? What, you know, what moves you? Um, your background as an artist, as it relates to this current work, um, you, the actual background that you have is more something for a bio, which is a different type of writing, but something that maybe led you into thinking about a change, and that's what this work is about, some sort of difference in your work. Um, your process, like you said, you, it's often interesting to know the technique behind it, uh, what where this work might be leading is this part of a series is this an ongoing interest and um and you can sort of think about if you're well if you were just conversing with somebody who was interested in your work and they were asking you these questions what you might say and so that might be a place to start is write down some of the questions people you can imagine people would have and then write it out in a conversational way and then of course then you have to start uh, you know, editing, making more concise, putting ideas together, but it really, it really should be kind of a conversation with your viewer, um, engaging on some level, and 
Um, and I think so. Let's. Yeah, go. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was going to say, you know, it should be, t- it should be in line with what you feel comfortable about, what you feel honest about, and what your work is about. So let's maybe go over kind of a few tips in terms of do's and don'ts. On sure. An artist statement. Um, I guess um, any, I guess a big one that kind of covers a lot of area is. Is how you explain things, and and the the do would be to explain the kind of things that I've just gone over, and the don't would be over explaining, <laughs> uh, because the work is visual, and what you're trying to do is give people a way in, but not write, you know, every thought that you've ever had about what you're doing. So, so I would say the do's would be. Um, you know, keep it to two or three paragraphs, but not necessarily in that formal essay format that we've talked about, unless that suits you or it seems appropriate for the reason you're writing it. Um, I would say do be personal to the extent that it reflects your work. And as I said, if it's very autobiographical or something, you know, it, it pushes it into a, a realm where you can you can be more personal. But I th- right, but don't like go into the realm of TMI. Too <laughs> exactly. Much uh, but you know, I think even with very playful or informal work, the, a degree of uh, you know of, of sounding professional is is always okay. Um, uh, you know, a certain amount of seriousness about your work is always okay, even if it's you know very much uh, whimsical or surreal or whatever it is you're still serious when you make it. And I think that's okay to, to kind of put that tone into your work. Um, and you can be very passionate about your work and you can, but you know, again, you can edge into this sort of, you know, giddy realm or, or sort of overblown or pompous or something, you know, it's finding that, that kind of, um, of line where you, you're, you know, you're honest and, and real, but you're not more than that. Um, you should use the first person, and there are some people, I mean, writing as I do this, I do that, as opposed to the artist or your name. Sometimes you see uh, artist statements in the third person, and they, there's, it's just a little hard to connect, to connect with your viewer when you write that way, I think. Uh, right, and definitely do not use the second person. <laughs> I'm not even sure what the second person is. Well, the second person is saying you, you know. Oh, right, right. Uh, you don't want, because the second person comes off as, as preachy. Okay, right. So, yes, first person, uh, as personal as you care to make it without um, losing a professional stance, I guess I would say, um, editing it for, for clarity, for flow, for making sense, and, um, and brevity. Use a... He's a first sentence that's engaging on some level um, that pulls people in. And and I think also reading it to other people, and especially somebody who's not an artist, read your statement to somebody you trust and see what they say. They say... Right, and read it out loud. Read it out loud. Yeah, that was another tip from our writing podcast, wasn't it? <laughs> because you'll pick up on things like, oh, I just used that word in the last sentence or my, my verb tense is wrong or whatever. Uh, you can use an editing program. I just I just loaded one onto my computer called Grammarly, and it's quite good. It's free, and it, it highlights things that, you know, 
sometimes you disagree with Grammarly, but uh, it, it highlights things that you need to look at and pay attention to beyond just spell check. Um, and then, again, you know, when you're writing it, consider the audience and the type of statement that you're writing. So starting with kind of a general one that you could use for different reasons. And then if you're asked to write a statement for an exhibit, in that case, you know, do consider what is this particular body of work about? How does it, it may fit in with the rest of what you do. It may be quite a different series. And a few words about this, these paintings in particular, what's, what the person who's reading it might notice when they're looking at your exhibit. Um, I would say as far as don'ts, uh, don't go on about things that are difficult to see when somebody looks at the work. I mean, it is a visual experience and it, it kind of puts people off and makes them feel kind of dumb. If, if you're saying the work is about this or that thing and they look at the work and they're like, I, I just don't even see it at all, you know? <laughs> and, right. Or they're just going to be rolling their eyes at your artist statement. Like, yeah. Why, why is that? Why I don't see this at all in your work. Right. Like, why are you injecting this into your artist statement? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a disconnect. Uh, the statement should support what people are seeing and and provide some extra information, but it shouldn't be a completely different thing where they don't see how they like what. <laughs> um, and so, um, also, you know, don't include irrelevant information. Um, Again, it's editing. It's getting rid of anything that doesn't contribute to the the main points that you're making. And, you know, a little side trip is okay, but uh, they shouldn't be all over the place. And, and so it's like, again, over-explaining. You don't have to say every reason why you have done the work. <laughs> uh, there, there usually are a lot of reasons. I mean, our work is complicated, and it comes from a lot of different sources and ideas. And... That's, um, I think that's a given, actually. And I think that most people know that it's not absolutely simple and straightforward. So you don't really need to go into all the different things that are behind the work. You know, it's probably your entire autobiography, you know. So, um, and a big one, I think, is, um, not to overuse art speak. And this is, this is when you were talking about the, um, art statement generator online it kind of right lots of jargon jargon and things like uh there are certain phrases that you see over and over again i i just wrote down a few of them um in my notes my work questions like my work questions the hierarchy of the patriarchy or something like that right um or such and such informs my work uh that's okay if you don't overuse it but it just simply means your influences and maybe that's a better way to put it um, there's all kinds of words like paradigm, hierarchy, um, etc. It's like, you know, that, that, that make, it's very much in the trend now to have work that has social or political meaning behind it. Um, and, and so when you start, and, and that may well be the source of your work, that's fine. But not only having that focus, but including that kind of jargon, makes the work quite impersonal. You know, it becomes more like a scientific study or a social study. 
and and you're an artist you know i mean you're not a right and you you want your work to stand out and not blend in with other people's and the fact that there's such a big trend right now in the art world uh for artwork to have kind of a social or political meaning um you know if if your work does have that then you're going to need to figure out how to write about it in a different way from other people if you want well, your work to stand out right and again it's it's the specific um the specificness of it and the personal aspect of it so that will engage people reading your statement and i mean for example instead of saying my work questions or my work is informed by you could say you know i've noticed that this or that or i i started to wonder why is it that you know whatever this question is that engaged you and that makes it more personal. That makes the viewer say, yeah, I've wondered about that too, you know? <laughs> well, and that's more like the way that you would talk to a real person about your work. Exactly. You know, if you had a person standing in front of you, you wouldn't, you know, say, I am challenging this and I am, you know, <laughs> right. like it's, it, you would say, well, you know, I had this experience in my life and it made me ask these questions about life or reality or the world that we live in. You know, it's it's a much more, um, you know, it's not it's not like a passive way of speaking, but it's a, a friendlier way of speaking. Right. So, yeah, these kind of issues really may be at the heart of your work, but uh, it's better to describe them, like you say, as a conversation of how do you actually think or how do you actually work? And if you talk like a real person, you're really going to engage a lot more people in your point and you know if that's if that's what your work is about you're trying to get people to think about these things and so they don't want to necessarily be lectured to and so i i really think that's i don't know why there are so many statements that have that tone of lecturing um, i mean i i i have a a personal suspicion that it, it comes out of the way that people are taught in universities to write artist statements. Well, right. I um, mean, and, and the audience that they're writing for in that specific context, which is exists in that world, but not in the world once they get out and start trying to sell their work and to the public. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's true. I think there is an emphasis now that this is uh, this is important in your work to engage with issues of the day and it's there are artist statements that are written to to please university professors not <laughs> buyers well you know and i can't i can't speak to that because when i was in art school you know it was different but the fact that it's so so much of a trend now it's coming from somewhere and you may well be right that that's that's where it's coming from um and I think it's done in all innocence and, and, and meant to be profound and interesting, but it's really I think for people that are much more that are much more visual about their work or much more uh, coming from a place of emotion or uh, memory or personal experience, it's it's hard to get inside that kind of work unless there is a way in. Well, and, and I don't mean to sound crass or anything about it. I think it makes perfect sense to write for your audience. And when your audience is going to respond to that kind of artist statement, that makes sense. But once you get out of that bubble, mm -hmm. you need to write a different kind of artist statement. And and truthfully, there there is a bubble that people, you know, we could call it a bubble. We can call it a, a platform or wherever where this kind of work is, is encouraged, is, is exciting, 
and is shown in lots of different art spaces and things like that. So it, it's a specific niche. It is. And if that's your niche and that's that's the way you're expected to write about it, I suppose that's that's one thing. Um, but I guess I guess it's uh, again, it gets back to what your work is about and what your personal level of honesty is and your personal level of sincerity and and who you're talking to and so these are all things that that go into it and i i really think it's possible to write quite a an honest personal statement about just about anything so you know without that without jargon and and so on um so well we're we're going a little bit long but would you like to say something about artist bios and how they're different yeah, from artist statements. Right, just a few words about that because there there can be some confusion. A bio is not a statement about your work. Um, it's basically a condensed version of your your CV or your resume and um, they often are quite short. You may be asked to stick to a certain word count for a press release or something and you'll get okay can you give us a short bio of 300 words or something so what do you put in that um you generalize your achievements um th oh this this would be written in the third person this would be rebecca kroll has done this or that okay um because it's it's for a different um reason it's informational and you can generalize what you want to say into broad statements and then give a few examples. Like you could say, um, a person could say about herself, she's exhibited um, in five different states or something like that. Or she has, he has maintained a professional art practice in Colorado since 1980 or something. You know, you're kind of summarizing yourself in the third person uh, in some mentioning your achievements and then if you have particular things that you want to point out say an important award uh, a residency some kind of professional recognition you know put that in that's good um, but you don't want to list every single place that you've shown or anything like that um, your education if it fits like if it's an art degree or it can also fit if it's a professional degree let's say your profession is that you're a lawyer or you were a lawyer and this, uh, it's it's kind of, you know, maybe it's kind of dumb, but it's kind of a status thing if you have shown professional achievement in some other area. So that's okay to put in. Um, and a relevant um, day job that you have now, you know, it's fine. Um, and it's optional to put in things like your age, um, marital status, et cetera. That's up to you. It is good to say, where you where you're based where you're located um, because that can really figure into you know someone's looking for um, you know they're putting together an exhibit of artists from the Midwest or something and and you say where you're based or New York or whatever it is um, so that's that's good info and it's a lot of people end on a slightly more personal statement just to to kind of bring it around to okay I actually am you know a human being so <laughs> Um, that if you have lists of, you know, long professional achievements, um, sometimes people like to end with something like, um, you know, where they live or what they do. And, and like mine, uh, I, I often use, um, she and her husband divide their time between their home in rural Wisconsin and an old adobe in northern New Mexico. It just kind of brings that slight personal ending to it. 
and that again that might be more appropriate if it's say um for an exhibit or a book cover or something rather than uh something you would send to a gallery so again your your audience is important but that just kind of wraps up the basic bio thing because you'll be asked for one so you know well and i just i just want to say in my my crass businessman way yes do um (laughs) that that the the artist bio and your artist statements um you should think of them as like advertisements for your work like you're writing ad copy Mm. um and because this is when people are typing your name into google when they want to read something about you this is what they're going to find um and and so when you're writing these these pieces about your work and about yourself um I, I think that it would it would do you well um, to I'm going to speak in the second person uh, <laughs> to to seek out some some tips on writing ad copy and maybe even take like a a, a short little ad copywriting course. Um, you know, you can find stuff like on Skillshare or other sources on the internet. Um, you know, you can take a course that'll really only take a couple hours to to get the information, um, but practice it as if you're writing. Um, ad copy for your work hmm. and I you know because I, part of what I want from this podcast is I want you the listener to have a career as an artist and I think that that treating it like a business and and advertising your work as your product is important um, if you're going to do it as a career um, and there, there are people who aren't interested in in art as a career but they just they do it for themselves um, but really, Artist statements and artist bios, those are things that are specific to people who are wanting to have a career in art mm-hmm. yeah. and wanting it to be a source of income. Um, so I think that you need to treat these pieces of writing as as ad copy and you need to to seek out further information, um, you know, more than what we can provide. I, I, you should you should look for something for for information from somebody who does it professionally and try to apply it to the art world. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because I think, like I said, there's a lot of stuff out there about writing artist statements, but I think you're suggesting also get a different perspective um, as a more general right. sense of how do you promote yourself. And there may be different, um, you know, may give you different insight. to. Right. I, I'm just saying that this is writing that should generate sales for you. That's that's part of what its purpose is. And, yeah. um, and you know, if you look at writing that's meant to generate sales, it's going to give you a different kind of insight into how to write your artist statements in your bio. And I, I don't think it I don't think it would rule out any of the other things we've we've talked about. You know, no, that it's, uh, we've talked mostly about content, yeah. um, which is going to is going to be very helpful for somebody who's writing an artist statement. But in terms of like the flow of the statement. Um, and the way that it's organized and written, um, I, I think you really want to look at writing that is meant to generate sales and and try to bring those ideas into the writing that you're going to use to generate sales of your artwork. Mm-hmm. Well, well, thank you for that tip, because when I go back to writing this artist statement that I'm trying to hammer out, I may just do that. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I mean, it's... It, it, Anything, uh, whether it's ad copy or statement or whatever, is meant to communicate and engage and perhaps convince. So, 
I think it's all part of the same world. So that's that's a good way to wrap it up, I think, Ross. I think you just okay. did that. <laughs> well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com, as well as www.rebeccacroll.com, and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody. 